0: Here we are again, Arizona's number one brother and sister team, the Grandin Group. Hey, today is is fantastic. I'm really excited about today. Today is a great day in the studio. It's a great day to live in Arizona. And uh, 300 people a day prove it because you guys are moving here from all over the country and stuff. So one of the great things as a native of Arizona, growing up on a big Arabian horse ranch, is that um, I've got to see a lot of things change. In fact, I remember when Shea Boulevard was a two-lane road, Downtown uh, Gilbert was actually a dirt road, and it wasn't that long ago because I'm only 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. That liars. So, anyway, so one of the great things about living in Arizona is the people you get to meet. And there are certain things that have went on over the course of the years that have made Arizona great, and these are the people that have seen changes. So... Um prior episodes, we've had the Herbergers on, and you've seen that. And so today, I'm, like, super excited because we have, which I believe is an Arizona icon, is J.D.
1: Hayworth. Hey, Jason, what a thrill, brother. Thank you for the chance to come be on. Arizona icon. Maybe they should put that under my name instead of all the other <laughs> hoo-ha I was involved in over the years. But it's wonderful to be with you here on The Lockbox. No,
0: it, it's great having you. So... You, you you've been in the uh newscasting business you've been a politician let's let's start at the beginning i mean what brought you to arizona
1: the gig i got to tell you television is a lot like baseball or professional sports you go where the gig is and you start although it's interesting the the way population has moved when i um when i came out here i had come from um uh from cincinnati and and my upward trajectory was as an NC State guy, starting in Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and then Greenville, Spartanburg, Asheville, and they're both big markets now. In fact, Raleigh-Durham is larger than Cincinnati now. But no Cincinnati, a major league town, so I went there, and then in 1987, I had the chance to come to Phoenix, and I come out from Cincinnati, and it's February, but it's in the mid 70s, and I'm, and this is when it's like zero. Cincinnati's a fine town, but man, it was cold, and I'm going, I can't believe I get to come out right now, and then spring training starts, and then, so for me, it was a no-brainer. Channel 10, probably against their better impulses, hired me as a sports reporter and anchor, and I had seven great years there before I took a detour uh, to, uh, to Washington, so it's just been remarkable. It's been great. In fact, Jason, truth be told, from this exclusive high-rise studio from whence our, our presentation uh, originates, round the corner, my bachelor pad. No kidding. Right down here. This, this was like the action center because, as you talk about, you go, I remember Hayden Road, heck, the first year, and I guess it was the year I came out, For the Phoenix Open, they had just moved up to what is TPC Scottsdale. Hayden Road out that way was gravel. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Vernus Schumacher moved his Mercedes dealership from down here up there. And they're going, What are you doing? Wait, wait a little but he moved it into a gravel? covered road and it was a long way back then
0: it was and it um, used to be right next to the horse ramp tom exactly
1: chauncey. yeah and of course tom chauncey you know when i was a kid growing up in north carolina as a uh, as a, a disc jockey offensive lineman shot putter as a kid i would read billboard and i would read about cool am fm tv and i thought well that's neat and because channel 10 is one of the cbs affiliates nbc was big on color but Channel 10 was one of the first local affiliates to go full color, and especially as what was then a CBS affiliate. It was a whole different thing. But I thought, well, that's great. I'll never end up out there. Ah, it became home, and it's been spectacular.
0: Now, and, and you've seen, so obviously, I've seen a ton grow here. You've seen a ton of growth. I mean, this town has changed since you first came out from Cincinnati. Oh, well,
1: well, sure. I mean, we already chronicled what happened in Scottsdale around the corner. And of course, if you come in this corridor now with all the growth, the merchandising and just I heard this bit of a rata. And since you're in real estate, maybe you can verify it. I was listening to our old buddy. This is back in the day when when Pat McMahon was full time doing mornings on KTAR doing middays. And he had a guy on who said that the square mileage of the Phoenix metro area was as large as Los Angeles. And there was a whole lot to fill in. And even as recently as a few years ago, I, I would say, well, you know, Scottsdale is all built out. <laughs> Wrong. Now, now, the challenges are, because we're a, we're the youngest of the 48 contiguous states, right. you look around the different counties and, and gosh, you just go up, The beeline and only what, three to 4% of Gila County is private property? Yep. The rest is government controlled. People hear public lands, they think it's like the public library. Not exactly the case, but that was part of the condition. As I understand history, when uh, the United States reconciled, the Confederate States came back in, the accountants in Washington are saying, How are we going to pay the war debt? And they go, Oh, We'll get the different territories to cede us their property, and we will give that real estate imputed value. And so that's one of the ways, in retrospect, the United States was able to maintain some measure of fiscal solvency post-Civil War. It was the real estate business, so to speak.
0: (laughs) Hey, so, so I had a couple people ask... Before he came on there, so you were a great, great sportscaster, newscaster, everything on there. I mean, I remember as a kid watching you on. Bless there.
1: your heart, and, it, and it my folks. and it scarred you for life. But no, now, now you, <laughs> well, and you've you got the perfect voice for it. Too. Well, bless you. Not much on the looks, but uh, you know they hadn't filled their quota of fat, ugly guys at Channel Ten, so I got a gig. But it worked out.
0: <laughs> so, so what possessed you? You're, you have a great career on TV. You look good. You sound good. And all of a sudden, you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to become a politician.
1: Well, uh, the, the, the short joke, two words, temporary insanity. But uh, the, the, the real thing that went on for us, um, we just started our family. It was all the wrong reasons to run because you can always look and find a million one reasons not to leave. And I mean, gosh, at that point in time, I'd achieved some distinction in a major market as a weeknight sports anchor and With a young family, but I guess the best way to sum it up was, um, it's really wild. I used to have this course I'd run up in North Scottsdale before the invention of the elliptical trainer when I was young and maybe, you know, still carrying extra upholstery on my frame. We had a course from our house down and around Scottsdale Princess and back home, and I was just coming back into the neighborhood, and Mary pulls up in the family van, and she has an interesting expression on her face. And uh, I said, honey, I just finished nine big ones. And she looks at me and said, oh, yeah, well, in nine big ones, we're going to have another little one. So I just, (laughs) I stop. And I said, honey, nothing's more important than family. Let's forget all about this Congress bit. I've got this incredible job, professionally rewarding. We need security for our family. And Mary said, no. I want you to run. And uh, we, we can joke about, wow, you know, another bout of temporary insanity. But that kind of commitment on the home front didn't make it easy. Uh, but it was an incredible amount of time. And so to be there for 12 years, you know, Theodore, uh, Theodore Roosevelt had an expression, work worth doing. And I'm not going to get into the, to all the political issues, but just in the broadest sense If you're doing something you believe in that can have a positive impact for your nation, your community, and your family, it is work worth doing. And while we live in a great country where people have a lot of different opinions, I think on balance... uh, uh, people will remember the time I spent there, it was work worth doing.
0: Absolutely, and you love the state enough where you wanted to commit that time to Well, it. this
1: state, think about it, youngest of the 48 contiguous states. Not a state until Valentine's Day 1912, which means what? Gosh, just nine years ago, we had our centennial. Yep. And to show you how long the time is, but when I was interviewing for the gig at Channel 10, that was the 75th anniversary. What do they call it? Sesquicentennial. I forget. Well, yeah, uh, you know, 75 year anniversary. So uh, it uh, it's been remarkable to be here and to see the growth and the opportunity here for so many people. Because Arizona, uh, another interesting story. The guy who was my television producer in Cincinnati came out to take another television job, and um, it's just very interesting because. It was as if we had the real, this is the place to be. And boy, that's been true. It it absolutely is. What's harder, television or politics? Well, you know, the way I used to explain uh, politics, especially in Congress, in the broadcasting vernacular, you have a two-year renewable deal but the renegotiation process is a bit arduous <laughs> because you have roughly in each congressional district there used to be about 650,000 people, and you you got to get a majority of them to renew your contract, so to speak. In broadcasting, quite often, you can talk about ratings, and yes, that does play a part in it, but sadly, in a lot of cases, um, those in charge of newsrooms or programming have their own tastes And at times, they will program to their own tastes. I guess I can tell this story. For example, one of the reasons I left Cincinnati, the guy who hired me left. And they brought in a guy who just could not stand me. I don't know if there'd been like an offensive tackle shot putter type who had messed with him as a kid, but he was going to ride me out of town on a rail. Well, imagine. I mean, it was just. Well, we're not going to renew the deal. Okay, not going to renew the deal. I, I will spare you all the impersonations, though they are delightful and quite funny, in my estimation. Anyway, um, okay. I'll, I'll do. It. The guy did sound kind of like Truman Capote. He went. Was just. Was just. We, we wish you well. Okay, great. Two weeks later, I had this gig. So, see ya, pal. Boom. <laughs> And Cincinnati is a great sports town, but I don't believe there is any place. I mean, look out Wish we could show you the exterior shot from this studio. Funny story: growing up in High Point, North Carolina, Mrs. Barber, our school librarian at Northwood Elementary School, the lady who would say, "Someone who writes a book is an author. They're not an Arthur. They're an author." Well, Mrs. Barber was quite the arizona file, And so at Northwood Elementary School, we had a subscription to Arizona Highways. And to take a copy of Arizona Highways and to sit and look at it, you had to have her special permission. She would take it out of a special area under lock and key, and you would go into the reference room to see the incredible photography. And uh, in fact, I I guess it was her, I'm sure, daughter or granddaughter, a couple of years ahead of me in school, ended up coming out here to the U of A. But I got out here and I said, hey, Mrs. Barber is on to something. (laughs) In fact, when I first got the gig, because when I first became aware of Arizona, my granddad was director of scouting for the Cubs. And he said, oh, man, this is great. You're going to go out and uh, Mr. Wrigley... Uh, used to have us up to the mansion. Uh, You know, we'd be out and we'd be out for spring training. And so they had so many friends out here. In fact, I was only about two. And, you know, grandparents are a little indulgent. Now it'd be about a size 14 cowboy boot, but I had these little tiny boots and this Western wear that they picked up right down here on Fifth Avenue and brought back to North Carolina. So I'm not a Presbyterian but maybe it was preordained that I was going to end up out here. The good Lord was looking out for me, and it has been wonderful because here is where I met my wife, here is where we've raised our family, and whatever the travails of broadcasting or other events, sometimes beyond our control, I think we'll always have a spot here.
0: No, that's, that's great. So what, what's the future for J.D. and his family? Are you going to well, stay in Arizona? Well,
1: you, you know, again, as a broadcaster, this is what I learned from my granddad. As a broadcaster, you go where the job is. In baseball, you have a winter home, <laughs> uh, and so I don't know. I mean, I did I did uh, four years with Newsmax. Three of them in South Florida. We kept our place here in Scottsdale, and it was kind of turnabout. Mary would commute back and forth. The way I would do weekly from from Washington, Mary would come out for six to nine weeks. And here's a little hint for child rearing: you worry about them when they're younger. But you really start to worry. I'm sorry, I don't mean to go like Joe Biden whispering to Prescott. Sorry, not a political. <laughs> just a joke. Um, you really worry when they grow up, have access to automobiles and all other sorts of stuff. So Mary would come back every few weeks and make sure the place hadn't burned down. And thankfully it didn't. And we still have our home here and, and we're back. And who knows what the future holds. But uh, whatever it holds. It's been great having a chance to spend a little time with you.
0: Well, you know what? This is absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, for me, it's an honor because I'm not a broadcast person. This is just a show we do for real you estate. Have,
1: you have great natural talent at this business, Well, I mean, we were
0: sitting next to an icon who did this for years. <laughs> I remember you uh, doing all the games and everything else, and your perfect voice, perfect hair. Don't you think, Robin? Perfect hair. I, hear,
1: so, I mean, I worked to get this. Yeah, I was a little worried. You know, I checked with Mary, is the hair okay before I go? Because, you know, they can take everything else. But as long as you keep your TV hair. No, you
0: you look good. You look good. JD, thanks for joining us.
1: Bless you, Jason. Thank you. Everybody,
0: this is an absolute reason why we love Arizona. And it's people like JD that can tell you how this town grew. So when you see him around town, and you will, you'll see him at restaurants and stuff like that. Just ask him. And, I mean, he'll tell you how this place has just changed.
1: And, and and for the good, it's, yeah. it's changing. Give me five minutes, I'll take an hour. Put it all work out. <laughs>
0: hey, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode with JD Hayworth. It's been an absolute honor having him on. I am Jason Grannon. If you guys need anything, make sure you call and get your pre-quals through the uh, um, Hendricks team at VIP Mortgage. Angela's not here today, so have to do her job for. her. But houses, call the Grannon Group, Arizona's number one brother and sister real estate team. I'm Jason Grandin with The Lockbox. We'll see you soon.